Welcome to Prophecy Countdown with author and pastor Kenneth Baer. Join us every week for the latest updates on what the Bible has to say about the events, the characters, and prophetic signs of the return of Jesus Christ and His coming kingdom. Make sure you not only subscribe, but like your favorite episodes and share it with your friends. Now, on with the Welcome broadcast. Today to another update on Prophecy Countdown. I'm Pastor Ken Bear with Faith Dialogue, and we provide two updates each week on what we call Prophecy Countdown. On Sundays, we're presently going through the Gospel of Matthew, and as our custom is, we go through a book of the Bible, chapter by chapter and verse by verse. This week, we'll be in chapter 10, and my message will be uh, out of Matthew chapter 10, verses 27 to 31, and I've titled it, uh, Do Not Fear. You might want to tune into that on Sunday. Our messages on Sunday are premiered at 1 p.m. Uh, and on Wednesday at 11 a.m. and then again at 6 p.m. Um, on Wednesdays, our updates are always prophecy-related, and we typically take one of the questions from, uh, from the audience, from people like you, people that are watching our, our, uh, watching our videos or listening to our podcasts, and they have a question. And we know that if they have a question, most likely there are many, many other people that have a similar question. We lo I love answering questions, and we try to answer every single question that comes into us. You can ask a question uh, just by uh, emailing us at prophecycountdownpodcast at gmail.com. That's prophecycountdownpodcast at, at gmail.com. And we'll be glad to, to answer your question. And again, that's how we get these, these questions on the air. So today, our, our prophecy update uh, is a question that came in, and it was, have the first four horsemen been released. The first four horsemen have been released. In essence, basically saying, has the tribulation already started? Are some of these signs that we see in the in the book of Revelation, uh, can we look for them today? Are they actually happening around us? That's a great question, and we're happy to answer it. Uh, so let's get started. Now, one of the phrases that we hear often uh, about, uh, about the end times is the four horsemen of the apocalypse. This is a very common theme. Uh, the, the Bible refers to, to four uh, riders uh, in the first uh, beginning of chapter 6 in the book of Revelation, and it's the beginning of the opening of the seven seals. Now, the Bible never calls, never calls these, these first four horsemen, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Apocalypse. Uh, but we trace the, this type of language uh, and vivid imagery all the way back to the Middle Ages. You know, even during the, during the, uh, the Renaissance period, uh, there were many, many paintings and many murals that were made of these, these four horsemen galloping along the earth and causing havoc. The four horsemen in the sixth chapter of Revelation uh, indicate the beginning of what's known as the tribulation period, the time immediately preceding the second coming of, of Jesus Christ. So here's an easy answer to the question of today, have the four horsemen been released? And the, and the easy answer is no. Uh, and the reason is, is because the tribulation period, the seven year period uh, has not, not yet started. Uh, the way I'll defend my statement and my, my affirmation that the tribulation hasn't started is with some very sophisticated math. You like math? Maybe you majored in math in, high, in college. Uh, maybe you know trigonometry. Okay, so here's the, the sophisticated math that I'm going to use. Chapter 6 is after chapter 5, and chapter 5 is after chapter 4. 
Okay? Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe that isn't very sophisticated, but I'm here to tell you uh, this, that you can actually make sense of the book of Revelation if you understand that from the beginning to the end, it is a prophecy. And it is not only a prophecy, but it's laid out in sequential order. Now, not everything is completely sequential. Sometimes, just like the, we do in the movies or in our novels and our books, uh, sometimes there's a flashback or, or a picture of something that's going on somewhere else. But typically, uh, the book of Revelation begins, begins with what we know as uh, the age of the church. And it progresses through the tribulation, through seven seals, seven trumpets, seven vials, until well, we come to Armageddon and the second coming of Jesus Christ. It is, it is linear. It's sequential. Um, and, and the reason we understand that is because the book of Revelation, uh, uniquely, unlike all the other books in the Bible, has its own outline. Isn't that cool? You know, when I was in seminary, one of the tasks that all of us had to do in seminary, I don't even think it was a particular class, it was just an assignment, was we had to outline all of the books of the Bible, 66 books of the Bible, and we had to provide an, an outline. It didn't have to be a unique outline, uh, but it had to be ours. It had to be something that we, that we embraced, that we could defend. Uh, so I had to outline all, uh, all 66. It would have been nice if all the books in the Bible was like the book of Revelation and had its own outline. The outline that I'm referring to is in Revelation chapter 1, verse 19. In this verse, the Apostle John receives divine instructions uh, regarding the content uh, of the book, the vision that he's going to have. The outline states this. It says, uh, and this is the Lord speaking to, uh, to, to, uh, to John, write the things which you have seen and the things which are and the things which will take place after this. In, in other translations, it says after these things. I love that. Write the things that you have seen the things which are and the things that will take place after these things. So there's the three sections. The first part of the outline is the things that you have seen. Well, what has John seen? Well, this refers to the initial vision that John had on the island of Patmos. And this was of the resurrected Jesus Christ in all of his glory. Uh, for example, in, in beginning in verse 12, uh, this is what John writes. Then, he, then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. Uh, and, and in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to his feet and girded about his chest with a golden band. His head and his hair were white like wool. His, his, uh, his, his eyes like a flaming fire. His feet were like fine brass as refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars. Out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in strength. So John sees a, a vision of Jesus in glory. After Jesus ascended, he received all of the glory that was due to him as a member of the Trinity, sitting at the right hand of, of God the Father. And in this and this vision that John sees, these are the things that he has seen, the first part of the, of the outline. Uh, there's some symbolism in there as well. I'm sure Jesus is not walking around with a, a sword coming out of his mouth and always having seven stars in his hand. This is symbolism, and it's all through the book of, of Revelation. But fortunately, in the book of Revelation, the Bible interprets the Bible, and often the symbolism is actually defined for us. So this, the second part, 
The second part of the outline is, um, and, and which those things that, that exist, those things that, that are. Uh, in the Greek, it says the things that exist. The, the operative Greek term here, word here, is ami. And ami means a state of being. It's like to be. The things that are, the things that are existing right now. The second chapter of the outline, the second uh, part of the outline, includes chapters two and three. So we would say that the first part of the outline would be chapter one. The second part of the outline is chapters two and three. And what is in chapters two and three? Well, in chapter two and three are the things that are, the things that are existing, and that is the seven churches. If you remember, John wrote seven letters to seven churches that were all in Asia Minor, which is present-day Turkey, and these seven churches mentioned by name in the book of Revelation are not only were real churches that the apostle John knew, but they also represent basically any church in any age during what we know as the, as the age of the church. Uh, they have, there's many churches, in fact, many churches may have more than just one of these characteristics and issues. Most importantly, these seven churches are a prophetic look at the entirety, the entirety of the, the church age. Basically, the last 2,000 years. The prophecy begins, for example, with the early church during the days of the apostles. And the word apostles is mentioned in the very first letter to the very first church, which is the church in Ephesus. And then continues, for example, we see the, the Reformation, the church of the Reformation and the church of Ephesus. Um, we see the, the, the modern day church. Unfortunately, in the last, uh, the last uh, church that's mentioned, which is the church of Laodicea. This is the church that, that Jesus rebukes. He has very little, in fact, he has nothing good to say. He says, for example, in Revelation chapter 3, verse 17, because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and, and naked. Now, I, I teach on these seven churches, and it isn't that the entire church today is, is wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. In fact, some of these churches exist at the same time. Uh, so we see, for example, the Church of Philadelphia, which Jesus had nothing bad to say, only compliments to say, could be existing at the same time and is existing at the same time as this, this Church of Laodicea. But these seven churches are prophetic. These are the churches that, that are, because we know that the Bible makes it clear that this is the, the church age. Um, now, it's difficult to see this teaching unless you look at it in hindsight, in the rearview mirror. You know, sometimes we, we understand things much better after we've experienced them. We see them in, in hindsight. It's, it's easy to see that over the last 2,000 years. We now know how the churches have had their, their struggles, their, their reputations, their, their, their not names. And it's interesting, if you take a look at these, these seven churches, the actual names that are used of these churches, the, these names align with times in history of, of a particular church and what they were going through. And if we take a look at these seven churches in the order they are, there's an uncanny precision to the history of the church at large. These seven churches taken in order provide an amazing description of seven distinct ages that have specific beginnings and endings. At the same time, if you take these, these churches out of order, uh, it, it loses that complete. It makes no sense at all uh, to, to think of them as a panorama of the church history, but taken in order, they do. Now, that's the second part of the outline. The third part of the outline is when, when uh, John is told to write of the things which will take place 
after this. The things that will take place in, in the future. Another translation says the things which will take place after these things. That's the New American Standard Bible. This third section begins with chapter 4. And, and that, what is that? That's after the church age, after the church is raptured and removed from the earth. This third section includes the remainder of the book of Revelation from chapters 4 all the way through chapter 22. These chapters primarily speak of the seven years of tribulation. Now, what is the seven years of tribulation called? It's also called the time of Jacob's trial. Time of Jacob's trial. Who was Jacob? Well, Jacob was the grandson of Abraham. If you remember, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And God changed the name of Jacob to Israel. So the tribulation is a time of Israel's trial. Israel's tribulation, where God turns his attention again to the people of Israel. You know, people don't understand this, but if you don't understand that God still has a, a, a plan for the people of Israel, the people of the descendants of, of Jacob, um, the people of Israel, um, you won't understand prophecy. But God has a plan for the people of Israel. This is the age of the church, also referred to as the age of grace, the time of the Gentiles. And the Bible says that this time was actually a mystery. It wasn't revealed to the Old Testament prophets. It's the current age in which we, we live. Uh, it began with the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and will continue until the rapture, also known as the catching away of the body of Christ. That's in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, as well as 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now, during this church age, the things that are, the emphasis is on the proclamation of the gospel and the invitation of all people to be gathered to Jesus, to be able to understand that Jesus died on the cross for their sins and that he's coming back again to receive salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. This period, this age of the church is characterized by God's offer of, of grace and God's offer of forgiveness, where believers are reconciled to God through the sacrificial work of Jesus on the cross. And in fact, we call the New Testament what? We call it the, it's the new covenant. This is why, uh, this is why God gave us this, this new covenant, this new covenant uh, not based on the, the law, the Old Testament law or the sacrifice, because Jesus was the sacrificial lamb. With the coming of Jesus, a new covenant was, was established. And the message of salvation extended beyond Israel to encompass all of the nations, all of the Gentile nations. Now, the age of the church will come to a close with the onset of the tribulation period. So, the first reason we can say with certainty that the first four seals, known as the four horsemen of the apocalypse, has not been released is because we are presently in the church age. We haven't yet entered into the tribulation. Remember I gave you that, that sophisticated math that, that six is, is after five and five is after four. Many believe this time, however, the end of the, uh, the church age, which is called the, fulfill, the full, fullness of the Gentiles, uh, is coming to a close very, very quickly. And one of the reasons is we have this, this, this very big sign, and this very big sign is the establishment of the, of the state of Israel. You know, after 1900 years, when you know, Jerusalem fell in 70 AD by Titus, a Roman general, then went on to become one of the emperors of Rome, after uh, 1900 years, in May, on May 14, 1948, um, 
Israel is established in a day. This is a fulfillment of prophecy, and it's an indication an indication that the, this age of the church is coming to a close and God will again turn his attention to uh, the nation uh, of Israel. Isaiah 66, 8, for example, says, Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall a nation be born in a day? Shall a nation be brought forth in one moment? For as soon as Zion was in labor, she brought forth her children. Uh, if you've been listening to my, to my teaching for any time, you know that I teach what's called the literal fulfillment of, of, of prophecy. And we see this prophecy in Israel of Isaiah literally uh, nearly 2,600 years ago being fulfilled in the establishment of Israel in 1948. Uh, here's another one, Ezekiel chapter 37, uh, beginning in verse 21 says this, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will take the people of Israel from the nations among which they have gone and will gather them from all around and bring them into their own land. And I will make them one nation in the land on the mountains of, of Israel. You know, this prophecy of, of Ezekiel was after the people of Israel had already left, left their captivity in Babylon and had come back into the land, uh, land of Israel. So Ezekiel is speaking about a, another time when the people of Israel would be gathered onto their own land and into the mountains of Israel. This prophecy also in that chapter is where Ezekiel is asked about dry bones. And the Lord asked him, Lord, can these, Ezekiel, can these dry bones live? And of course, Ezekiel says, Lord, Lord, you know. Now, some, I understand, some, some pastors and some churches have trouble with some words. They have trouble with the word rapture. Uh, they also have uh, trouble with the word the, the time of the Gentiles or the age of the church. However, the time of the Gentiles is actually mentioned by Jesus in Luke chapter 21, verse 24, where he speaks of the destruction of Jerusalem and the future events leading up to his return, his second coming. It refers to a period which Jerusalem would be under the control and the influence of, of non-Jews, non-Jewish powers. This is what Jesus says. He says, they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led captive among all nations, and Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles until, until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. So Jesus clearly states that not only will Jerusalem fall, and we saw this in 70 AD where we had the great diaspora, the, the Jews are basically scattered all throughout the world. You know, they lose their language. Hebrew wasn't spoken except in the synagogues by, by some of the rabbis. Um, and all of a sudden, though, they start returning back to Jerusalem. And Jesus says that this will happen, this will happen, Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. So Jesus is speaking of prophetically of a time that will come to a, a close. So we've answered the question, but let's take a look at what these first four seals, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, are really all about, because I think that's part of the question as well. So let me just read that to you. It's a little bit more than I normally read, but it's, it's very interesting. So um, the, the first seal, for example, the first seal is in chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. Now I saw when the land opened one of the seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a voice like thunder, come and see. And I looked, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it had a bow, a bow, and the crown was given to him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. 
Now the second seal, which is conflict on earth. This is the, the red horse. When, I, when he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature saying, come and see. Another horse, fiery red, went out and it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth. And the people should kill one another and there was given to him a great sword. Now the next seal, the third seal, scarcity on earth, and this is the black horse. Verse 5, when he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, come and see. So I looked and behold, a black horse and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of barley for a denarius and do not harm the oil and the wine. The fourth seal, widespread death on earth, or the pale horse. Then he opened the fourth seal and I heard a voice of the fourth living creature saying, come and see. So I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and the name of him who sat on it was Death, and Hades followed with him. And power was given to him over a fourth of the earth, to kill with sword, with hunger, with death, and by the beasts of the earth. That's Revelation chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. Now, going back to the first seal, because the first seal has a rider on a white horse, many mistake him for, for Jesus Christ. After, after all, he has a crown on his head and he's dressed in white. Now, you've seen many Westerns and the good guys are in the white and the bad guys are in the black. Um, but the key to understanding the tribulation period is what Jesus says. And Jesus says that it will be marked with deception. Deception, deception, and more deception. I said it four times. And the reason I said it four times is because Jesus says it four times in Matthew chapter 24. I won't read it to you, but you can take a look. And Jesus talks about the deceptions. He, he starts off by saying, be not deceived. He talks about false prophets. But, and the reason is, is because the Antichrist comes, and it's really a masquerade. The Antichrist is masquerading as, as the Messiah. Uh, the rider on the white horse wears a crown just as Jesus wears a crown. Uh, he's, in his hand he has a, a bow, uh, but he has no arrows, which is kind of interesting, signifying that uh, scholars believe that he isn't using weapons, but he's using intrigue. He's using subterfuge in order to, to, to gain his power. Now, we can talk about the Antichrist later at some other podcast, but for now, let me give you a, a reason why we would say that the Antichrist has not been released. Um, not only what I've already told you about the time of the Gentiles, but also you have to realize that the tribulation is not just a day in a park. It's not just a walk through uh, some difficult times. It, it's a horrible time uh, of judgment, and at the same time, always the opportunity for people to repent and turn to Jesus. Um, with the first seal, the first seal is the beginning of the, of the tribulation. And really with the second seal, when we see the second seal, is the beginning of the end. And the reason is, is because this is the red horse that's given, granted authority to take peace from the earth. You know, this is a, this is a horrible time, and it's really the, the Antichrist that's, that's, that's masquerading and, and pretends to have peace, but it's with the Antichrist that we have this peace taken from the earth, uh, that we end up with the other seals coming after that. And I really believe that these seals, while they're successive, all kind of build on each other. So we have the, the Antichrist followed by the second seal, which is the, the, the rider on the red horse, which takes peace from the earth. And then we have the, the third seal, the rider on the black horse. And let me read that again to you. I heard the third living creature say, come and see. And I looked and behold, a, a black horse. And he had a pair of scales in his hand. 
And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, a quarter of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of barley for a denarius, but do not harm the oil and the wine. Well, this is, this is the result of, of wars and lawlessness. What we see often, and we've seen this throughout history, is when there's wars, you end up with famines, you end up with scarcity, you end up with hyperinflation. This happened, uh, for example, in Germany, where people had to bring a whole bushel basket full of money of German marks in order to buy even a, a loaf of bread or have anything. It, it refers to commerce. There's an uh, there's a equilibrium between supply and demand. That's economics 101. And when it gets out of balance, it gets very, very expensive. And so what it means here is that a quarter of wheat for a denarius, well, denarius was a day's wages. So basically it's saying that it would take a whole day's wages just to buy a, a meal. And then it compares barley, uh, barley which is, which is not as nutritious, that you can get three meals for the denarius. Uh, so this is what happens with, uh, with, the, with the third seal. Now the fourth seal, again, this is the re reason why we know that, the, the, uh, revela that uh, the tribulation hasn't started. And we would say that it's because all of the disasters and things we have on the earth today are not tribulation worthy. Tribulation worthy is it doesn't rise to the occasion of what we see in the book of Revelation. So, for example, in the fourth seal, now the fourth seal is the only, uh, the only uh, rider, the only rider, uh, only horse that actually has a name. And the name of one who sat on it is called Death and Hades followed after it. And if you read it, it says, And power was given to him over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, with hunger, with death, and beasts. So a quarter of the earth, if there's eight billion people today, we're talking about two billion people that will be killed during this, this time of tribulation. This is the beginning of the tribulation period, by the way. The tribulation is seven years. It's actually two half periods. So it's 42 months followed by 42 months. The first half of the tribulation is when these, seven, these, uh, these four horsemen, actually the seven seals are un, un, uh, um, uh, unsealed. Uh, and then the second half of the tribulation um, is this, during the second 42-month period. And, and it's, it's a, both periods are a time of destruction. Uh, not only the wrath of God, but then Satan and his angels are basically released. All the demon hordes, and there's horrible things that are happening. So these four horsemen, are, my friends, are, are not, they're not loosed yet. Uh, we have nothing to fear about that. But the scriptures tell us there will be a time uh, when they will be. Jesus says this in Matthew 24. He says, For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There'll be famines, pestilences, earthquakes in various places. All of these things are the beginning of sorrows. What Jesus is referring to is what we know as the, the day of the Lord. The Apostle Paul wrote this. He says, But concerning the times and the seasons, see, this gets back to our questions. Are we in the tribulation? Are we upon that time? Paul says this, concerning the times and the seasons, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourself know perfectly well that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains among a, pre a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. What, what Paul is telling us is that we need to be prepared for the return of the Lord at any time. It means that we are we are we need to be ready. You remember the uh, the the parable of the ten virgins that were waiting for the bridegroom. Uh, they needed to be ready. They needed to be ready for the return of the bridegroom because the bridegroom cometh cometh at a time that we we know not. 
nobody knows the day or the hour that the Lord will return, but the Lord will return with a shout and the Lord will take his bride back to, to heaven. That will happen prior, by the way, prior to this time of the, the tribulation. So I want to pray for you that I want to encourage you that you would be uh, ready and be prepared. You should take, take uh, 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 faith and joy and hope uh, from these teachings on the book of Revelation because there is going to be a time when God puts all things in order. You know, we demand justice and there's a lot of things that, uh, that are wrong with this, this, this world. And we know that the Lord will come back and he will put things back in order and he will reign as David ruled. Uh, on the throne of David. Jesus is definitely coming back. Now, before, before I pray, I want to remind you that we are a, a church, an evangelical church, a 501c3 ministry. Uh, we're happy and encouraged to share this broadcast with you. Um, be sure to, uh, to share this, uh, this, this podcast with others. Uh, subscribe and like it as well. That's the best way uh, that, it's, that, it's, uh, that, it, that it's made available to many more people. So God bless you and let me pray. Father God, we want to thank you, Lord, for... Nearly every day, it's common to see, read, or hear something about the end of the world, the apocalypse, or end times. Author and pastor Kenneth Baer's The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom zooms in and breaks down biblical prophecy as it relates to Jesus' imminent return and the coming seven-year period, including the Great Tribulation. Available in both paperback and Kindle versions. Get your copy on Amazon or at Barnes & Noble and select Christian bookstores. The title again is The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom. You can also find it listed by author Kenneth Baer. Get your copy today. Thank you for joining us on Prophecy Countdown with Pastor Ken Baer. Don't leave without first sharing the latest episode with your friends. Be sure to join us again for the latest updates on Prophecy Countdown.